And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris.
The Lord spoke to Moses saying, this is what pertains to the ministry. From 25 years old and above, they shall serve in the tabernacle of the Lord. And at the age of 50, they shall step back from the priesthood. They shall assist their brothers in the service of the Lord. Younger people will take up the ministry. Oh, it is your time to work from 25 to 50. It's your season. From 25 to 50, it is the best time of your life to work for the Lord. From 25 to 50, yay. 25 to 50, 25 to 50, 25 to 50. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. You must understand that you don't have forever. You cannot postpone the time of your sacrifice. Do you remember how young and innocent you were? When you started walking deeper and deeper and deeper in sin You were not too young to walk and live in sin How could you be too young to do the work of the Lord? Oh, it is your time
serve from 25 to 50. Come on. It is your season from 25 to 50. It is the best time of your life to work for the Lord. We say 25 to 50. Come on now. 25 to 50. 25 to 50. 25 to 50. All right. Jesus gave us a warning that a night is coming when no man can work. This is the time to work for the Lord. This is the time to fight to do the work of the Lord. Hey, this is your time to shine. Say, 25 to 50, it is your season, A 25 to 50, it is the time of your life, say, to work for the Lord, from 25 to 50, 25 to 50, work for the Lord, 25 to 50, 25 to 50, I want to labor for the Lord from 25 to 50. I want to serve for the Lord from 25 to 50. I want to work for the Lord. Stay 25 to 50. I want to serve for the Lord for 25 to 50. I want to work for the Lord. 25, a 25, from 25 to 50. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today that we can be here together as an assembly to hear what you have to say to us. We open our lives, our hearts. We humble ourselves before your mighty throne. Speak to us by the Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Move in our midst. Transform lives. Transform thinking patterns, I pray. So that we can do what is your will for us. We want to be in your perfect will. Oh, come reign amongst us. And may we feel your tangible presence tonight. We lift up Jesus so that all men can be drawn unto him. We give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may now be seated on top of your enemies. 
Hallelujah. A special welcome from my side to all of you to this final sessions of church growth. It's our first uh, attempt at such a conference and we realize how important it is to have such a conference. Amen. I want you to look at this before we go on. Yesterday we, we were deep into this book, uh, The Double Mega Missionary Church. Let me also pay tribute and honor to Bishop Daguard Mills, my pastor, my prophet. A man, a man sent by God for such a time as this to touch all of our lives. You know, people can talk about Billy Graham. We were not born in the season of Billy Graham. And some people will be happy to say that they knew Billy Graham. Some great ministers they always talk about, they were touched by T.L. Osborne. I, I served under Bonke. And these are great men of God, but they were just out of our season. All of them have died now. But we are great, we are blessed. You see, people will come later, our children's children, and say, there was a man called Daguard Mills. He shook the whole world by paying a price and giving up everything. And he built thousands of churches across almost all the continents of the earth. It's strange how human beings are. Then they want to recognize him. But when he's here, it's like there's no real recognition. And that's why we do it by God's grace unashamedly. We're following hard after Bishop and what they've accomplished. We copycats. You see, I told you yesterday that humility is the number one key to church growth. Pastors who are not humble cannot see growth because they're not willing to say they copy from someone, they learn from someone. You want to be an original. You want people to think that the stuff you're saying comes from your own revelation in the night. But you lie, you read a book. Everything we say is an accumulation of all the stuff we hear, the books we read, the videos we listen to, the preaching. It's an accumulation. Your life is built up of those things. So you can't claim that you're this very special person. You're not. Rather be the leg of an elephant than to be the head of a mouse. I say it again. Rather be the toe if an elephant has toes. Rather be the toe of an elephant than to be the head of a mouse. Amen. Amen to all the mice in the place also. Before we continue with this, and if you, if you were not here, I'm not, I'm not sure how you're going to pick up on what I'm saying. I can't go over everything. But I just want to shortly talk to you about why the church, this is an introduction, why the church is so precious to God. You see, this girl was singing here and beautifully dancing from 25 to 50. 
you must work for the Lord. Amen. And I realize as I'm sitting there and listening to her that if we can all just, if, if we forget all the other church growth principles and you can start to get this one thing in your heart and in your mind, that the old way of church of the pastor being here and struggling his whole life to make the church work is not biblical and it's outdated, right? We must all work for a law. If we, if we don't use any of the other principles, but just some of your members that came to this conference say, Pastor, I realize I don't want to be a church member anymore, but I want to be a worker. Already you have moved into church growth. Are you listening? Already you have moved into church growth. Because now you, will, you as the pastor, you are multiplied into many smaller facets. And that's all we really need. We need you to transform from a church attendee to a church worker. And everything by humility. Amen? We don't want you to be fighting with your pastor. We don't want you to be saying you know better than your pastor. No, no, no. You take an instruction and you carry it out. And then you'll see church growth like never before. Amen? A lot of the things I'll share from this book is stuff that, that we as BMI are not really doing well or haven't really started. So it will be an introduction right here tonight for us also. But after this gathering, we will have another meeting. And that's what you must do. You must now go back, sit down, bring your leaders together and say, that thing that Pastor Chris spoke at the conference, we're going to now tackle that thing. Otherwise, you just came here for my donuts. And I know my donuts is nice because I, I bake it early in the morning. I'm serious. If you don't get together and say, now, what did we hear? What did we learn? Let's take that and how will we make it work? And every church is different, right? So the pastor has to use wisdom and take his tangerine or his lemon. I'm always confused with lemon and lemon. So I'd rather say tangerine to be safe. Yeah, Bishop wrote about the tangerine campaign because a tangerine has many, many parts. The lemon man, I don't <laughs> you can break him up into five, as they say, nine to 15 parts. So every church here has different segments that's already in operation. Already. Like you have ushers, right? You have what do you have? You have a band, you have. So you can start with your tangerine parts. And you can start working those parts in, be, before you now start to implement too many new things which you can't handle. Are you with me? So just quickly to explain to somebody that doesn't understand why does Jesus, why does God love the church so much? Amen. Or why is the church so precious to God? Because we pick up that Jesus said, I will build my church in Matthew. 
He talks about, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Matthew 16, 18. I will say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's a very powerful scripture that gives us the idea that Jesus is busy building something. Amen? Amen. He's busy. It's a, it's a present continuous tense. He's busy building. And I want to tell you, he's not building hospitals for HIV patients. He's not building Kusile plant stations for South Africa's power problems. Uh, he's not building, now we have water problems here. He didn't even come to build water storage dams. If you did not know, I make it known to you, the project that Jesus is busy with now is building the church. And you must get involved in what is precious to God. Are you listening? He's not building Olympic football teams and stadiums. He's building the church. It's just a pity the church has been um, degraded, ostracized, criticized by the world and also by his own pastors. Brought low. And almost, it almost looked like the church is like a small, broken down, useless, outdated organization. We even have slow uh, idioms, idioms that says, as poor as a church mouse. And other words, the mice in the smokkel is, he is better off as the mice in the kerk, when he has nothing to in the kerk. And the poorest form of exaggeration is as poor. <laughs> You're as poor as the mouse in the church. So your idea of a church is the small uh, Dutch construction somewhere in the Dorings uh, that has a little two curls that go to the top and across and a few benches where 80 people can come and sit. That is a wrong impression of the church. Are you with me? Like it's boring. It's a place where young people don't go to. It's a place where all the old mamas go to. It's a place where all the hearses travel to on every Saturday. The, the, the undertakers are praying that churches don't close because that's where they make their money every Saturday, every Saturday. Undertakers. And the small weddings are even moved out now to farmlands. Die mense wil nie meer in die kerk trouw nie, want die kerk lyk te afskiewelig. Churches don't look nice, so they, they go to the wine farms. Can you believe it? The source of all drunkenness. The source of all abuse. Hm. The 
But ladies and gentlemen, the churches are rising again. The churches are rising in the last days. It shall be on top of the mountain. Not at the bottom, it is arising again. And you are part of this great end time prophecy. It's not too late for you. The fact that you came to sit at this conference means God has a plan for you. You're going to be part of the end time work of God. Hallelujah. And even though you have been struggling with church work, don't be despondent and don't give up. You know, when I planned this church growth conference, I said to myself, But the Holy Spirit said to me, no, have the church growth conference because it is from here that the churches will start to change and to develop from this specific conference. God's power will be here and God's anointing is here. And then we will see, not just talk, we will take a look. I'm a pragmatist, I told you. I will take a look back when we meet again. If God spares us all to see where you were and where God has taken you. And I can already tell you, you will be pretty much surprised. Because God has got something in store for you. The churches will not be small. This church will not be small. No, 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 no. There'll be many people on the seats. When I look on, on marketplace, I'm always looking for chairs. Because I'm already thinking of the growth of my church. Sit down quickly. Listen, the first important thing we must understand, if you don't have an idea of the church and how precious it is to God, you waste your time, your money, your energy on other things. You don't even have an appetite for things that is nice for God. You are backslidden. And tonight I'll make an altar call that you must come and say, Lord, forgive my sin because I underestimated the church. And I didn't have a proper understanding of the greatness of the church of Jesus Christ. Some years ago, they came up with a very foolish slogan. And that was one of the slogans that made us drift away from the church as a great organization. Some idiot came up with this thing. We are too heavenly minded and we are earthly no good. Have you ever heard this thing? Have you heard it before? We are too heavenly minded. Because the Pentecostals that we grew up with, they were ready to go to heaven. Yeah. Their bags were packed. Yeah. They, 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 they were waiting for the return of Jesus. You see? And they, 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 they didn't make themselves too comfortable here. They always claim that they are pilgrims traveling through. This world is not my home. I'm just a passer through. If heaven is not my home, then Lord, what will I do? You see, so that mindset was a beautiful mindset until the modernists came along and said, hey, you are too heavenly minded. 
and earthly no good. Not knowing. Can I make my feet? Okay, okay, leave it, leave it, leave it. Don't let me lose the train of my thought. Listen, not knowing, not knowing, listen, that your earthly life is like a vapor. The Bible says, what is your life? It's a vapor, man. It's a shh, weg. I can't believe I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm older than 50. I can't believe. Yesterday, when I went to bed, I was 19 years old. I was scoring goals in every corner, left, right, and center. I used to jump very high. I could out-jump defenders and head the ball down. But when I woke up this morning... <laughs> Don't let the drip fool you. After too much dancing, I need a back massage. So what are you building on this earth? A castility for what? Morgen gaan sy weg. And you will live eternally. Either in hell, or with God. And how did you treat or mistreat this church? You didn't even have time to go. You had to be coerced. Sleep you. Gaan sy kom? Nee, nie verhoge nie, man. I forgive you if your church is boring. Right? But not all churches are boring. And the pastors here will get some oil tonight. Oil on them that the, the dryness will be gone. The arthritis will be gone. Hey! The church is going to say... so precious to God because it's the only project that he's busy with. I am building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Number two, why is the church so precious to God? He has chosen the church to show his great wisdom. Ephesians 3 verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All principalities and powers will know by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Glory to God. So the Lord is using His church 
to show forth his glory, his wisdom, his manifold blessings. That's why wisdom is greater than any other thing. Wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit. That's why you, you, you always wonder, how did things work? The Bible says, by wisdom a house is built, and by understanding his rooms are full. So if you look at this building even that we built, if you ask us, some people ask us about budgets. What was your budget? budget, a budget, and a clean walk, a budget. a budget. Because if I must now genuinely give you figures, I can't. Because this house was built by wisdom. God's wisdom. Hallelujah. He said it and we did it. And he backed it. His power will show you supernatural miracles and signs and wonders that you did not know. Look at you. I mean, where are you going if you calculate yourself? If you look at general trends. Waar gaan ze iemand wat het die uit kom? Van die blikjes doop. Waar gaan ze uit op? Waar het die anders opgeëndig? They didn't end so great. But you see, the wisdom of God is showing you that he'll take somebody from Blickisdorp, somebody from Leiden or Diaf South, and he'll turn you into somebody that nobody will recognize. It looks like all factors are working against you. Your ma, your pa is weg. Hij gegleed op een stukje siep. Your ma had in the drink bottle beland omdat your pa gegleed het. Your cancer man. Zij stap A twee keer, drie keer in een rouwgevies. So, so for, for you, generally speaking, there shouldn't be something great to look forward to. But God, but God, who rescues you, who rescues you now, He doesn't just rescue you and leave you like an orphan. He puts you in his shirts. He puts you in his shirts. He puts you in his shirts. And he displays his manifold wisdom. He say, hey, look at me. I was born in Eitzig. Also known as Smokkelsig. I saw some of my friends today that grew up in the streets with me. How? Where? But God. When Jesus came and found me, He put His arms around me and all my fetters and burdens He took away. Almighty, I will say, Lord, to him who feels this way, Lord, I never loved him better than today. I preached on continents away from Africa. We flew in and out of America. The boy lived in America for four years. France, Israel, London, I've, we've traveled all over the world. I've taken airplanes like you've taken Delft, Texas. And I just said,
I'm showing you the manifold wisdom of God. Am I right, Pastor Danny? I mean, what was the trend for your life? Where, where, where did the world work out the way you should have ended? But God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Always when I hear Bishop talk, I hear him quote this wonderful song of Andre Krauts. Because he says, they say, why, why are you doing so much for God? Why are you encouraging people to work for God so much like it's your ministry? He said, you know, he can't understand why Jesus loved him so much. To die for him on a cross. You see, it became a reality that a man gave his life for you. So I'm willing, he says, to give my life for this man. And he said, Andre Crouch tried to explain it in that song. I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. He cared. How can we explain it? I don't know why He sacrificed His life fighter I met him at university at the Pareteon like the EFF that was before the EFF so he was taken to jail he was in jail he ate half a brown bread and a liter of water he said true pastors wave to them he said it's true so he's he would have been running wild with political parties. What have we done? That was him. That was him. that is connected to him from his church you, you mustn't take it so lightly the Lord first had to get hold of him so he's got the church in Ravensmith it's an open door for you now to come 
and to experience God. As they the year half din, amalila half dinars vara achtesat. You see, listen. If you are not serving Him with everything, you cannot even understand what I'm talking about. Say, waar van praat die pastor? Wat die kwaai goed het die jaren van my gedoen, want sy dien die duivel met een voet, en die ander voet doen sy die jaren. Church is a club to you, it's, a, it's like a gym membership you got here. So gym is it elke dag hier na? Don't treat the church as a gym. Make a way for that pastor to sit, sit there, pastor. Pastor from Mamasbury. Don't, don't treat the, ch- the church as a social club. You're going to be surprised one day when eternity catches you. Your life is ticking away. From 25 to 50, they shall work in the tabernacle of the Lord. If you're over 50, you must take up a supportive position. Zij is achter niet kram. Wat noem maar Stuk. Huh? Zij kan niet op je wing halen. Zij kan niet treisken. Zij is voor die vinnige mannen. Zij is maar hier achter. Zij is zwabbelen. That's where I'm pushing now. I just passed 50, so I'm pushing here. The young men must run. Now you see, most of our churches, we have young people, they're sitting there. They think one day when their beard is long enough, Kyle, and their, their belly is fat enough, when the six-pack is hidden by the papsa, Then you get, you get ordained by your church as an elder. Taitala Sasaka. Now, Sir Pastor, we're going to have open airs. Taitanis is too late, Drani, when your Rajaskla. It's a wrong understanding of the work of God. Bishop Dag said, sorry, I have to mention his name all the time. He said, a fighter pilot drives a jet that costs 87 million US dollars. A jet that fights in the Iraq war, the Ukraine war, the American jet, 87 million. That's US dollar. I don't even want to. I will not worry 
om nou te bring in rantie. Ab, daar gaat ons praat van billie in jet. Listen to me. Do you know who's flying that jet? Boys from the age of 20 to 30. Nothing over 30 can sit in that jet. 20 to 30. Flies the 87 million dollar equipment with bombs and missiles. High-tech equipment. The American government entrusts the young boys to fly those jets into the enemy territory and to release those bombs. If, 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 if that thing crashes or something goes wrong, 87 million rand is gone. Dollar. Dollar. If they can entrust the young people with such expensive equipment and such great responsibility. In other words, you can't also drop a bomb anywhere. You can kill civilians. At high speed, Top Gun Maverick. Here we in the church. You, you, you youngsters, you just sit here. pregnant <laughs> project and we are going to work with Jesus to build the church you see we have a notion that Jesus was an old man and we see Peter as someone with a long beard and I tell you something Jesus was 30 years old when he started the ministry and in Jewish culture your, your teacher must always be older than you you can't call someone rabbi in Jewish culture if you are older than him. So if Peter, James, and John, Andrew, they all had to be the age of Jesus or younger. So in other words, the disciples, apostles, they were in their 20s. I'm giving you a new understanding of church. And you older folk, don't be afraid. Don't, be, don't worry about your age. Say it's not a Say it's not a say. Tierra, Tierra, give you a new pacemaker. Hey, it's a pacemaker. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and they shall... Then Josephus, the Christian, the Christian historian who wrote about the early church, at the Bible school, there were other men who wrote, but it's not in the Bible. They give us the age of John, the beloved. Because remember, he was like the youngster. When Paul, when Peter ran from the grave, when they said that Jesus is risen, to see so Peter ran, but the Bible says John outran him. Remember? Because John, they estimate, was a teenager. They said John was probably 17 or 18. And Jesus ordained him as an apostle. This is an apostle. The one whom Jesus loved. Pastors, listen to me. If there's something God is saying to us, is our churches are going to grow through the young people. Pastor Danny, listen, the churches are going to grow through the young people. It doesn't mean you're obsolete. You will still steer your boat, but you will get, give young people positions. You don't have to say You're a sickle as with the old men. The pastor that they have so long aangesteld, my dear. I come not only to him, I come to him in the book. When to fire your pastor is part, chapter 7. I just want to give you this quickly. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The church will be the basis for your blessing. Don't forget. Your beauty, your glory, your smartness will come from the church. Yes, it's true. One day a certain brother, he was a musician, but he was also an elder in the church. He came to the pastor for counseling. He said his wife divorced him. And he said the sad thing about it is, pastor, when I go visit the children, I must sit outside in the car then I can see the light is on, but the curtains are not drawn. Then I see my children in the house, and I see my wife, and I see a new boyfriend also sitting on the chair that I used to sit past. But pastor, you know what he said? He even has the remote control that I used to have. And he's changing the channels of my TV. It's my DSTV and my remote. But the court said I can't go there because the wife went to say many lies about me in the court. So the pastor asked him, so this wife, where did you meet her? He said, now you see, I was a musician playing in the nightclub 
And as I was hitting the bass guitar, she came by and she was shaking her booty. You must find them in the church, in the house of God, in the house of God. boys who get uh, enticed by girls outside the church they all backslide I can tell you I can give you a write a book of them they smell a scent look the young boys are, are, are on fire they're looking for females Some of my young boys just want to work by the welcome desk because they're looking for the new females that's coming in there. So if they can't get one, if they can't get one in the time that they're waiting, they go sniff outside. And you know what gets me? What I can't understand. I'm going to warn all of you. When I ask some of the young children, so where did you meet this guy? Vitilavasil. Because I tell you, on Facebook, Listen, what you don't know, that the DP on Facebook, is not that person you're looking at. The fjall is glad gemaakt. The magas kraal. The mountains stand soo. Maar nou het al klaar, die klom liefdebrief is geschreven. En ze is opgezaad. Maar wanneer je kan deze, hoe jarre. Die zijn een dampje. Ik dacht, het is een Coca-Cola bottle. Maar het is een can of coke. Maar kijk eens een man honger is. Afriet zijn enige is over.
You eat anything. You see, you didn't, you see, you're not serious with God. And you didn't know that God has a, a, a husband and a wife for you in his house. It's either in this house or somewhere connected to the church. Somebody that loves God. Somebody that has morals. Somebody that has principles. Somebody that fears God. They don't have to be perfect. But at least they feel God enough to know that the things I've done is not right. And I must come to church and ask God to forgive me. Amen. Amen. Quickly, quickly, number three. The church. Why does God love the church so much? The church is an extension of your family. Are you hearing me? It's the, it's the only project that is busy doing. Don't forget it. And all those that's working in the church, God knows about you. Amen. Anybody who helped me to build here, I know, I know them. I know them. I have all the numbers saved on my phone. If you ask me for a builder, I can give you one. A tiler, I can give you one. A plumber, I can give you one. I know them off by heart. Because they helped me with the project. If you help God with his, with his project, He's got your number. God's got your number. You just have to dial it. Amen. He will dial you or you can dial Him. His number is 333. Jeremiah 333. 333. 333. Call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which thou doest know. But number three says, the church is an extension of your family. Because in Matthew 12, 48, the mothers and brothers of Jesus came to him and Matthew 12, 48, but he answered and said unto him, uh, they told him, who is my mother? Who is my mother and who is my brethren? Hmm? Who is my mother and who is my brethren? And we're not saying that you throw your own mother away. Don't misinterpret the church's teaching. You always honor your mother and your father. But your own mother and your own father is not enough to mold and to shape you in the person God wants you to be. No. That's why you will get another yalpa, another mother, another father, maybe more than one father and more than one mother, and that people you'll find here in the church. Some things you can't even tell your mother that you will tell your mother in the church. You hide it from your biological mother, but you will tell your mother in the church. Are you listening? Because not everything can be taught by your biological parents. Huh? Sometimes your parents also still have the Bushman manners that they were brought with up. But it's in the church where somebody taught you how to eat properly, isn't it? One day I took some young people with me to, uh, to preach at another church. And on the way back, I thought they did well to go with me, so I stopped by McDonald's to buy them a McDonald's burger. But the meal is the burger with the chips and the cool drink. And as I was now with my nice suit sitting, I felt very powerful because I'm buying food for all these people. You know, when you give, you always feel powerful because it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so the people there noticed me coming in with this nice suit on. I mean, nobody really comes to sit with a suit and a tie at McDonald's. You know? 
and uh, they looked at me and uh, they heard the kids, pastor, 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 pastor. So I have a sense of reverence in the place. Do you understand? I hear. Shall this one brother not take a burger? He opened it up. He take the packet chips. He throw it on the burger. <laughs> he closed the burger like this. He, have you seen a hippopotamus? That day he, he opened his mouth so wide. Pushman. Mark to you, Beckman. Man, sakate me. Actually, no. You don't eat like this. I said, I said, Pastor, nobody ever taught him. So I said, how many chips off and I burg off? Mark to I burg I burg a great coat. I said, now, now you take the chips in your one and one and then you eat. Not more than one, one at a time. Say lachna, ma ani eis van die jere gaan mense vir jou maniere lee. Jou familie is in die eis van die jere. Hulle gaan vir jou reg antrek ook. Is dit waar? Is dit vir jou sê no man and then they can also see I shame die kan het die kleren nie. And then shall Ian Mama say, okay, what the size is they? I bring us for you. Why have you done this? Drag clear what you have created. I want to explain to you the importance of the church. We cannot have church growth if you people treat the church with disrespect. You're not interested in the growth of the church because you don't understand how important the church is to God. It's his main project, his only project. And he wants to see it grow. So you folded your arms and you're not helping. But from this day forward, we will all work for the Lord. Say work for the Lord. You look decent. You know how to talk. You know how to honor your pastor. You were taught it here. You man, part of it, I can learn it, man. You never sit at the table to eat. It can sit under the double bunk. Yo, 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 neck blade can be. Is it true? So now at the coffee shop, you learn to sit up straight, and your plate is there. Say, shaka look. But in the church you will learn these things. You you'll become molded, sharp and beautiful. Yeah. Because your family is here. Another mother will meet you here. Another father will meet you here. 
One of my young believers, he just got born again, so he was he was chasing a girl on the phone. So the girl came to complain by me, say, Pastor, I just told him I don't steal Bala. Then he said, Okay, man, your master D and I and I see a clump knop. How do you talk to this girl? Master D, Master Daima. I say, it's for cute, Master. Because in his culture, where they come from, if a girl drops you, you tell her, your master D, your master die in your mouth. I said, no, that's not how you talk. That's not how you talk. And stop just chasing every you stranger you see. So I'm teaching him manners, beauty in the church. You won't know pastors. You won't know what the church means to you and what the church can do for you. Your family is here. Your brothers and sisters are here. Jesus said, hey, my, the, my brothers and sisters, are they that do the will of them? The will of him. The will of him. They will say, these are my brothers and sisters. So I don't run if my brothers and sisters call me to a party. If I've got to work here, my big family is here. Amen. If you want to work for God, then that thing of blood, blood, blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker. Uh, uh, we can't come to the church growth. Uh, uh, my mother's auntie is 60. That thing must end. You can't work for a Lord like that. Why don't you tell your boss you're not coming in because your Oma is 60 or something? Every time you must do something for God, uh, uh, I can come one day, but the other days I won't be here, you see, because now it's uh, my uncle's sister's niece has a baptism. I know it's an angry church, but we just, you know, the whole family's going to be there. The Opa wants us all to come. And you know, Opa, I'm talking the truth, man. I'm talking the truth. Your family is in the house of God. It's not that you're rude. You tell them, you are building the church for Jesus. You can't build a church and be absent all the time. Are you hearing me? Number four. The church was bought by His blood. Why is the church so precious to God? The church was not bought. You must play if your father is tired. The church must, was bought with his blood. Amen? Not with money. That's why it's very precious to God. Why is the church precious to God? It was bought with the blood of Jesus. The birth of the church came after the death of Jesus. There's no word like church really in the Bible. 
as we understand it in the New Testament. Jesus, the death of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus birthed the church. When he said, this is my body, this is, he was talking about the church. Hallelujah. Not silver, not gold, but with his precious blood. He gave his very life for the church. The church that you disrespect and disregard and treat ill. He bought it with his blood. Hallelujah. Number five. Why is the church so precious to God? The church is a set of pricks and thorns. If you have Bibles, it is in Acts 9 verse 4. This is another warning for you. The church is a set of pricks and thorns. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? This is Saul attacking the church. Listen to all of you that have something bad to say about the church. All of you have criticized the church. Or you have family members who criticize the church and attack the church. Take this message to them, okay? Saul did the same that they're doing. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, he was, so, so, why persecutest thou me? And verse 5, he says, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Verse, seven, verse 6, And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city and it shall be told thee what to do. Hallelujah. It is hard for thee to kick amongst the pricks. One version talks about the thorns. It is hard for thee to kick your foot against a thorn. Have you ever tramped in a thorn? Did you see your, your quick reaction? Aye. And every time you kick the church with your mouth, Every time your uncle and your mothers kick the thorns with their mouth, they are kicking against thorns and pricks. And you know what will happen to them? Everybody who fights the church eventually withers. Everybody who attacks the church eventually withers. I don't even want to go there and give you examples of withering. It's one of the most dangerous things to do. Because the church is a weapon. The church is very defensive. That's why if you're not happy with your church, go away nicely. Don't say bad things. Say, Pastor, you taught me well, but for this and that reason, I'm going somewhere, but I'm always going to come back and say hello to you. Don't say something bad, because as soon as you do it, you are kicking against a prick, and you're kicking against a thorn, and you see, there'll be a reaction. This is your action, this is your reaction and you're going to wither we had a pastoral couple that was part of us and uh, they wanted to do something I didn't approve of and then they were not happy and they said, ah this is a junkie the, the pastor he said they were throwing 
stones against the church. It wasn't long. You know, then when people are fresh, they're not going to start something new. They're going to join a new church over here. They were here, they were there, and they were there, and they were there. Then one day somebody said, they saw the brother coming from the Sabine, carrying this, not a bottle, a curse. Now, if you've, if, you, if you've sunk low down from being a pastor to a carrier of Christa, you have withered. You've shriveled. And spiritually, you are dead. You can know a little Bible. They took Bible school again. They grew up in the conke. They can't even have two scruffies. Now you have an ugly mouth against the church. Don't do that! It's not me that's going to get angry. Jesus said, you are persecuting me. Saul said, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm attacking that church leader. I'm not attacking. He said, no! No! You are persecuting me. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Hey, when I first had this uh, revelation, I said, Lord, forgive me if I ever attacked any pastor anyway. I'll never say anything bad about any pastor again in the sense of the church of Jesus Christ. Number six. The church is the body of Jesus. If you touch his flesh, you will see a response you would not see otherwise. The church is his body. Jesus is the head, but the church is his body. Ephesians 5.29 Ephesians 5.29 for no man yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. Hallelujah. No man hates his own flesh. The flesh, Jesus is the head and the church is his body. So he cherishes his flesh. You kick against it. You disrespect it. You don't attend. You don't come. You backslider. You have no regard for it. But it's, it belongs to Jesus. It's his body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you touch it, God is going to react. Because it's his flesh. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh. But he nourishes it and he cherishes it. Even as the Lord, the church. Are they not bad pastors, false pastors? Of course they are. But God will sort them out. It's not your business. God will sort out the pastors. Because what you're doing, you have so little Bible knowledge. Now in your little estimation, you've decided who's false and who's true. Who are you? Who made you judge over all the earth? But you can try to continue to do what I'm saying. And then you will feel the effects of what I'm talking about. Amen. Are you still here? Amen. We're almost taking a break. Just give me a few more minutes. I'm back. I, I know I won't finish everything, but I'll, I'll see where the Holy Spirit leads me. Amen. We're going to have a break now. I say that all the time because people are more excited about the break. 
than about the Word of God. You see, I was a, I'm a professional school teacher. I studied education for many years, so I know that people can't concentrate long. So when you say food, then suddenly... Or you get the dancer to dance or something. So prepare dancers to keep them awake, Virgin. Because the mind can't... And then besides that, it's spiritual food I'm giving you. So the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. So everybody who is natural will say, The triple S is an uh, servants armed and trained. Are you ready for more? Now just to frame it again, there is an acronym. It's not actually the word bishop uses. He uses another term. Give me my glasses, somebody. Um, Bishop Dag. Thank you. He calls it a mnemonic with a silent M. M-N-E-M-O-N-I-C. You're in the church now learning church work. Isn't it wonderful? Don't mistreat and disregard the church. Amen. Don't disrespect the church. The little that you must go do tonight is not important in God's eyes. It might be important in your eyes, but not in God's eyes. Everybody say mnemonic. You must, I don't know if you guys can type them. We can also help the people. Amen. The mnemonic is shabby shepherding must go. This is a new strategy to build big churches. We first used PBCI. We learned about it. We taught about it. But the Lord gave Bishop a new revelation of shabby shepherding. In other words, because the church has been going on for many years, they've got much more experience than us. And if we're humble enough, we'll say, okay, teach us because you are ahead of us. Aha. So they said, look, they discovered there are too many poor shepherds. Shell leaders, shepherds, elders, I don't know what you call them in your church. But when they don't perform, they don't do their duties well, then the church can't grow. The church is limping because too many shabby. You know, shabby is a, is a, is a well-known English word. Shabby. This is shabby workmen. That's when you say shabby work, poor work, poor quality. So you also get poor quality church leaders. And it must stop. Shabby shepherding must go. You'll have to watch the videos to get the first three points, okay? Now, the fourth campaign. So what happens is, there's campaigns because all things work together to make it work. Like I showed you the body yesterday. The child's body was having many things working while she was standing here. Uh-huh. So the church growth won't just be by one thing you do well. <laughs> Listen, I had a friend who was part of my church. He just visited a few years ago. Then he decided he's going to start his own church. 
And then, him and his wife were excited. And they had a little money, you know. <laughs> so they bought, they went to a poor area of whose name I can't mention for political reasons. But it's one of the letters of the alphabet. And they started this church in this area with one of the letters of the alphabet. And uh, I asked him, how's the church? He said, nah, nah, the year of work. The year of summit, me. The Lord is with me. Because uh, we only started last week, but there was 18 people in the church today. I said, wow. What did I say? <laughs> I said, my oars. The, the, the Lord blessed us. We can give frozen chicken packs to the people. Hey, the week after, the number grew to 30. Hey, he had his own speakers. They invested in big, top quality. I had small, grinsing speakers. They had nice speakers, quality mixer, everything. I had the Civic. Hey, all my stories are true. Unless there's a wolf and a fox in the story. So, I met him again. I said, I was I said, no, it's working. But then I didn't see him for a few weeks. And I, I, I met him like a few weeks later, probably a month or two later. I said, brother, pastor. Because he's now also a pastor. He was a brother here. But as soon as you go, you become a pastor. I said, pastor, how's the church? He's safe for me. He's safe for me. Nay, man. Nay, man. I got opgegeven. I said, why? Why you? Why you gave up? He said, no. If you can't give these people bright packs, they don't come to church. He thought that church growth works through one campaign. The campaign of the bribe pack. Well, I think it's called the bribe pack campaign. Frozen, frozen. Brazilian, Brazilian boaches and flerkies. Bribe pack campaign. Listen, don't be fooled. It's many things that make a church grow. It's not just one thing. That's why we're discussing, I don't know actually how many is in the book, I haven't checked, but there's a number of things that must work together. You can have a nice pastor, pastor's wife, but that's even, even that, look how nice this, this couple look. The one is a gym, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. This one is a beauty queen. But will this campaign make the church grow? They need much more and pumping muscle and blow drying hair. So the fourth thing that we discover here in our study after the servants armed and trained is the hearing and seeing campaign. Hearing and seeing. Matthew 13 verse 16. Blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears because they hear. Amen? 
What is the hearing and seeing campaign? Does anybody want to know? The hearing and seeing campaign is to ensure that the church members both see and hear the word of God. Amen. They must see and hear the word of God being preached constantly. They must see it on television and on the internet, on their phones and on their tablets. You see, your old notion of just coming to church on a Sunday is what makes you a weak Christian. It what makes you not understand the importance of the church. We had a pastor here some months ago who visited us from Namibia, uh, Reverend Vuyu. And he actually said, he actually said something that shocked the whole church. He said, whatever Pastor Chris is going to teach you now, today won't change you. He's crooky man, say you. It was here in my church. He came to greet and he said, whatever this pastor is going to teach you today won't change you. Then he said, but if you take these words and you replay it tomorrow and on Tuesday and you eat it on Wednesday and you digest it on the Thursday and you study it again on the Friday, then you will see real transformation start to come into your life. But if you only come to sit here and say, Hey! That joke van the burger was some quiet wat pastor gemaakt. That's all you remember. And you're not a changed person. Every Sunday you come cry here on the blue carpets. Because the same gocha that bit you last week is still biting you this week. Because the word that was given to you to transform your life to wash you like the waters of the word. You didn't meditate on it. It's not hearing, it's meditating. He said to Joshua, if you meditate on the word, day and night, you shall become prosperous and your ways will be successful. Glory to God. So lost for a quiet prick, man. Forget about that. Quiet prick. No, no, no. You must chew the word. You must digest it, play it over. We have a podcast. Now we say, right, the word is available. Come to the tables. Hear the podcast. Listen to it, listen to it. Many Christians are as lukewarm as they are today because they don't take that serious. That's your fault, man. You don't know that the distribution of the word is a spiritual exercise. It's not just something I'm saying. I'm not here in a concept. Preaching is not a concept. God is working through a messenger. He's not an angel, but he's a vessel. And he's carrying something precious that he's distributing to you. That's the word of God. But you need to see and hear often, often, often. Are you with me? A congregation which constantly listens to the word of God is different from a congregation that only hears the word of God once a week. So pastors that are here, 
the other campaigns talk about your digital help, okay? You need to make your preaching available to your members. I'm talking about your members. They can say, hey, my pastor Chris preached like a young lah. Your message must play for your people. They can listen to Bishop Derek, no problem. They can listen to Pastor Chris, no problem. They can listen to Benny, no problem. But it's your message that they must digest. They must regurgitate. They must eat it again. They must chew it. It must become part of them. Only then will they begin to change. So your whole system, pastors, must begin in this way that you can give the people the word to, to eat in the week. Are you listening? I told you yesterday we moved our cell churches from Tuesdays now to Thursdays. Why? To give the cell leader, which is the shepherd, enough time to eat the word again and again. So when he goes to stand in front of his, his sheep, he's not coming there unprepared. You can see even when I'm talking to you, I don't really, when the Holy Spirit is moving, the stuff must be in you. That's why I said, these books are available, yeah, you can get it. Because why do we need a conference? We can all take the book home. <laughs> Use technology, the seeing campaign. What's up? I thank God I've got my children now. Hey, I would have stayed behind Pastor Danny. I couldn't, I can't keep up with technology. But these kids, super kids, man, they fix things. This is a graphic designer stand. It's a blessing. Blessing. Oh, all this work you see. You see, you need somebody like that, but you don't need us. She's now a qualified one, but you can just, some of the kids can play with the, with the, with the phones. They, there's applications cheap. Somebody in your church must do that, right? So, so like what Jamie does, if you go to YouTube now, then some of my preachings of yesterday, she takes slippers out of it and she pastes it. We also copy from Bishop then, but I mean, you got people in your church that can do it. I can't do it. You're like, suckle me the cut and paste, man. I paste man for kira plekke verstaan. Then I let them do it. These youngsters like Virgil, they know how to work with phones and everything. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. They know what to buy, what to get. You can't just do anything. One day I bought a power bank by the Chinese shop to charge my phone. That power bank was so cheap, the phone was charging the power bank. To say, no, 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 from now on, I just give the digital work for these boys because I don't know how these things work. Amen? Hearing the word of God will make the children fear God. Deuteronomy 4.10. Sit down, Jamie, thank you. Hey, we're going we're gonna to break now, now, okay? 
You know why people don't come to church? Many reasons, but one of it, they don't fear God. They don't fear God. A rich man in Luke 16 went to hell. Then he said to, to Abram, send, send somebody down, man, to tell the people that hell is real. He was afraid. Yo. But when he was on earth, he never feared God. He fed sumptuously every day. Went to parties, didn't care about the church, never went to church. But when he, when he was on the other side, he developed a fearful God. He said, he, he said, oh, please send somebody. Remember the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God on Horeb, when the Lord said to me, assemble the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. When you hear the word of God, then God's fear comes into you. Amen. So for us to have big churches, it shouldn't be a one Sunday event. Even if they never come to church again, Pastor Pat, for the whole week, because of the digital technology available now, they can constantly see and hear the word of God. We have podcasts. I don't know if the other churches are there yet, but you must move towards it. I was always afraid to speak on TV because somebody told me once I've got a face for radio. So I didn't like this on TV because, you know, my jokes is like straight Africans. And then, then I thought, okay, I'll have to just humble myself and die to my own consciousness and just talk because my people need to hear my voice. The sheep need to hear the shepherd's voice. So don't think you are insignificant, uh, okay? You watch your own DVDs again or your, and see what is not nice. You say, no, nah, this bitch is boring. So cut out. So we don't have all the praise and worship anymore. We just have like a song before and then the preaching and the teaching. And if the sound is not right, then I come back and I say to the guys, no man, people don't want to listen to this if, if you don't do things properly. Because you need to develop the seeing and hearing campaign. Are you with me? So your, your, your people are walking on Monday. Either they're on their way to the, with the taxi or they're coming home from work and they're playing your, 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 your message over again. Oh, you don't believe what I'm saying? Many of them won't listen to it, but I mean, that's another campaign that we're going to look into it. Firing those people who don't do the work. Amen. Christians who do not hear the word of God, number two, are experiencing a spiritual famine. Do not let your church experience a spiritual famine. If you do so, your church will be made up of ill-favored members. Amos 8 verse 11. The days will come, said the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing my words. A famine of hearing the words of the Lord. So if people don't hear the words of the Lord, they are in a famine. All you pop, slap, chip Christians. Your, your problem is you don't listen to the preaching. So you can't say, Nak's a leader, she nak. Say, Sanguk, what sang she nak? We make a miracle worker, promise keeper. 
Kijk eens, ik was bij die school man. Toen preek ik daar. De Woodlands High, hulle het my genooi. Hulle was 50 of zo. Hier zit hij klom kinders jong. Hij is ook klom wille kinders. Maar toen hulle die nambertje in zit. We make a miracle. Jere, toe gaat hij het woord met je. Light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Ik zeg, ja. You will think they all born again. But when the word is preached, you see, don't be fooled by the soulish part of, of, of religion. The soul can. That's why you can see these secular artists, they also do. Uh, what is that even? Jesus. Some of these secular artists do these songs of Jesus, but it's soulish. It's not from the heart. Huh? Do you see? It's not from the heart because it's all just beat. And the beat, and the beat, and the beat, and the beat. I can't get to that song now, you know, but it was like, yeah, when Jesus says yes. When Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. Fernand Rukeke Dagapel, now Jesus said yes. But you see, a lady like, 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 Sissy uh, Winans, that's an anointed worship. Isn't it? What does she do? Jesus is beautiful. Jesus, bright as the morning star. Jesus. How can I tell you? How beautiful you, you are. To how me. beautiful you are to me. Jesus, song that the angels sing. Jesus, dearer to my heart. Sweeter. Sweeter than springtime, purer than sunshine, ever my song will be. Jesus, your the seeing and hearing campaign will make, will make faith grow in your life because faith cometh by hearing all you youngsters don't be afraid to die to the world if your friends ask you what is today since my pastor I'm eating the word again you can try to, to please the world. Try. I can already see your life a few years from now. Because show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But a young man listening to the preaching. 
I grew up in a house where my father just played preaching. Gospel music and preaching. That's why I can tell you if the young people can do it from a young age, there'll be a big difference in their ministries. You can start late. God has mercy, but you, there's certain nights you'll never fly to. You must be like David in the, in the field with the harp at a young age. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. Thy word. Thy word. You must love the word. Now you have smart TVs. Play it. The kids can put their phones, plug it into the TV, big screen. You pastors, you can be on the big screen. Yeah. You must just dress nicer, drip so that and the people see you then you also look look the part I'm closing with this section now for the first section and those who want to go home you are blessed the best is coming the faith will increase if they hear the word number four there will be an increase in the anointing Ezekiel 2.2, 2, the Spirit entered me when He spoke to me and set me on my feet. There'll be an increase in the anointing. I, I, I also think I was, I was anointed through the way of listening to preaching tapes. I didn't hear Bishop's testimony then. I, didn't, I was a young man when I listened to preaching tapes. I remember waking in the night speaking in tongues, sitting straight up in my bed. The steps just played and played. I developed a love for preaching because my father was there. This morning I was saying to my wife, I can't understand some parents. They see their kids going to hell and they allow them to go to hell. You must go to hell yourself, you, mother and father. And then if you come from there, God must give you just five minutes. You will force your child to the house of God. I can't believe that parents say, I'm a convalescent to come My father! You can believe what you can believe. Hare Krishna, Eid uh, Mubarak, anything! They say, Kijk to gaan. Of I trap you with the size Nigerian. And I thank God! If I had my own way, I'd probably be a gangster. But a high flyer, not a small gangster. <laughs> One day my friend Ivan Waldi came to visit me. And he came into my house. He said, Yeah, the last day is what I kick it, what so much corn is it as a gangster says. <laughs> but my father knew what was good for me. All these parents, they come to church without their children. I'm, I'm talking about when they become like teenagers in their mid-twenties. We had one right. The right to remain silent. Only one right. There was no human rights. 
So if you, my children, you be in church every Sunday, whether you like it or not. And you know what? I started to like the church because my father told me you must be in church. And sitting there all the time, the word came over me like waters, waters, and the anointing while he spoke to me. Hey! The Spirit entered me. What is entering your child, Mama? Zij zit hier, jouw kind is bij jou. Hij zei ze maar voor jou, hij is bisa. Hij gaat nou hier toe, hij nou die afspraak. Ik is verbaas. Ik is verbaas dat jullie niet verstaan die ernstigheid van Godzaligheid. By the grace of God, my children are here, so I can speak, lest I become disqualified. You don't understand the eternal implications of what you are doing. Let them come to the house of God and hear the word of God. They can be rebellious in their spirits, they can be rebellious in their hearts, but the word, power to change. I remember my mother saying to me once, you were very stubborn. It hurt me because I, did, I didn't want my parents to say any bad thing about me. So when they said, you are a very stubborn boy. Hey, stubbornness is close to demons. I said, oh, yara, I don't want to be like this. But hearing and seeing what makes all the difference. How, how can you even play a tape over if the child wasn't even in the church he didn't see the live show where is he going to watch the recorded show I'm telling you that because I feel it's very important some of you are you afraid of your children sorry go, uh, the rest of you I'm talking to BMI is you bang for your kindness zeg you man kosh Take you on water. Take you on my slaplet. But they can't even say, you must have the ice from the earth to come in. Scam you, man. May that change from today. I study Kama. I believe BBC. But you can play a pivotal role in your child's salvation. Yeah. My father forced me, and I thank God for that forcing. If he allowed us to decide, we would have chosen not to go to church. But he forced me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God will bring a real change. Real change, if you, if you see and hear. Amen. The sheep must constantly see the shepherd. They must see you. They must see you. Your sheep must see you. One stage I came back from Ghana and I spoke to my assistants. I said, come here. I went to Bishop Saki's room because he invited me. I was so blessed. His bishop's like, main assistant. Right? 
Then Bishop Eddie is the other one. I was so blessed. I saw on the back, on the back of the walls pictures of Bishop Dag. I was so happy. Then something struck me. I didn't see next to Bishop Dag a picture of Kenneth Egan or of T.L. Osborne or of Yonki Cho. I only saw a picture of Bishop Dag in their office because that's their father and they liked him. Then I came back and I told my guys, I saw something there, you see, that will make this campaign work that I'm talking about. You see, your people must see you. Our people, the tribe that lives here in the southernmost tip of Africa, I can't say the name, but it starts with the letter of the alphabet C. They always equalize themselves. They can't believe that the man of their race and their color can be, have anything greater than them. So they want to look behind the person. Pass Bishop Dagan. My is Pastor Dagan. Pastor Dennis a pizza mutton, Pastor Dennis a cake, a men's a service. Pastor Pets, you see, the problem is the people equalize you. We can never have church growth if the, if the honor campaign is not working. There's an honor campaign, I don't know if we'll ever get to it. If that's not working, it's a hindrance to church growth. The seeing and hearing campaign, who must they see? They must see the pastor. I'll tell you why. Look at the scripture, Numbers 27, 15. Because no club. Mark, set the kettle up, set the kettle up. The kettle up, set the kettle up. And I get one chapter to do, and I get 20 chapters. Was it my way on the morning, or who? Pastor Dennis, I said, as a prophet, what's it my say? The year of Isabel Mulotwida, and I'm going to go to I Listen, I'm closing. Tell your neighbor he's closing. I'm closing now and then I'll teach BMI into the, into the night. The sheep must constantly see their shepherd. When they do not see their shepherd, they are like sheep without the shepherd. How is this possible? By the technology of today, the sheep can see their shepherd on a daily basis. Listen to this. Numbers 27, 15. And Moses spoke unto the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man. Set a what? Over the congregation. And that man which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands upon him. Let them see a man who goes in before them and who goes out before them. Okay, okay, you what no so quiet, no? You say, must know, say, T.D. Jakes is your father. Oh, Bishop Dag is your father, no? Bishop Dag. Here, Bishop Dag, with his type of no, they're going to do it. They're going to call, Karine. 
of your manners do it. You see where your mistake is? All of you that want to be so super high flyers. Yeah, God gave you the man. He goes in before you and he comes out before you. But you want that man there, you can't even see him come out and go out before you. I thought about it the other day. When my mother-in-law died, Bishop Dak phoned my wife. Private phone call. Yeah, a video call. So I realized that we are real sons and daughters of him. Because, I mean, to phone you. Then, because I couldn't answer the call directly, a few days later, it's another message. It's like it was a, constantly. He needed to tell us that how sorry he is to hear about the death. That's a father. Nou, oké, als jouw maat doet, gaan, gaan zij ook krijgen van Bishop af. Kom eens praat gewoon net. Zij wil ons af. Zij wil ons nou niet mijn print in jouw ijsdrukje. Zij wil niet mijn print achter jouw ijsdrukje. Zij het lijkt een vader. Vader wat jou niet ken nie. Ik wil niet meer prikken van die mensen. Gaat mij nog drinken. must constantly see the shepherd. You see him on the podcast. You see him on the radio. You see, when we look at ourselves, we don't find ourselves interesting. You see? But you must find us interesting. And you must like us. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christians are going to be more compliant and obedient to their leader when they hear the word of God. Yes, the people were more compliant to Philip when they heard him and they saw the miracles which he did, seeing and hearing. Christians are easy to lead when they see certain things. The church members must see and hear. You see, so even if you like this building, the construction, and then and the people see me in and out before them. I painted. I'm on the scaffolding. Everything that, there's not one square meter on this property that I can't tell you what's going on there. Not one square meter. I even know where the dog goes to, to the toilet. Because I'm in and out and the people see me. So because they see me, they trust me, you see. And they see, but this pastor, what he says he does. Ah, and they become obedient. But I'm not like a movie star pastor who only pulls up here with my Mercedes-Benz. I get it, you know, I trek you up with my Mercedes-Benz. I cut my three rings on my one finger. Ketang hang here on my mag. I make a boog. I don't run away Sunday. There maybe come sometimes, occasionally, when I'll have to take a pastor to the back or so. But generally, no. I'm deep sheep fishing with my people. I'm standing by the door. I'm walking in the garden. I'm talking to my people. I get booty after. He shall go in before them. And he shall come out before them. But don't, 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 don't be familiar because you'll see the problem. 
Jullie zoeken pastor, zoals mijn chum, van die Elsis, wat kwaai met de orange suit aankom. You don't know what the anointing is. But you need to constantly see and hear. And, and the issue is with the pastors, we must make it available. They can't see and hear you if you don't make it available. Do you have a, a little radio? Do you have a pastor stand? Do that. I'm telling you. That campaign, do it. Even if you start small, ask my boys how to help you. You don't need those times we used to have this tape re- No, no more. Just do something. Record it. Right? And then your members, I'm giving you one of the greatest keys you'll ever hear for church group. Let your members hear it. Sometimes when I come in here, then I hear the guys, everybody's phone is listening to my preaching on a different point. And I like, sit a softer. I work is not all. I prat. But then you also see that regard, respect, reverence. So the people who visit, they always say, respect for you. How did it come? Seeing and hearing campaign. They see me and they hear me. Steph, you're going to have to hear a lot. Amen. Seeing and hearing. Seeing and hearing. Let's stand, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this first session. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And I think Pastor Chris Ross shared very well. He explained the message very well. So I think I'm going to ask him to share every day. You know, the Archbishop brought the prophet and I'm also bringing you. <laughs> so you, you, you explained the, the word very nicely to all of us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages of Pastor Chris, tune in to Chris Ross Ministries podcast. Remember, faith cometh by hearing.